Hello, no one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, Cinema Cult, this is Kayla in Cincinnati. The film I wanted to request for your listener request month is the classic John Hughes movie, 16 Candles. I loved this movie growing up and watched it on repeat so much so that I wore my VHS tape for playing the ending over and over. And I really want to look forward to hearing what you guys think about it. Thanks. Welcome back to the Summer Cult Network. I'm Chris. I'm Matt. And I'm Honto. And we are starting our listener request month. Uh, this one is, as you heard, this is from Kayla. She wanted us to cover 16 Candles, which is a movie I'm sure we've all seen multiple times. Yeah. And um, I think we, I haven't listened to it in a while, but the Weird Science episode, um, I'm sure oh. we talked a good amount about 16 Candles at some point. Um that's but one of those episodes that's in our catalog of like a, <clears throat> if you look at the series of back-to-back episodes, it's like, oh, we covered that. And Weird Science is one of those episodes where it's like, oh, we covered that. Yeah. It was like, it's, it was like that in uh, The Departed and like Stranger Things, the TV episode that we did, or not TV, but we did the season. We did a Stranger, we did a Stranger Things episode? Yeah. Really? Are we playing, uh, did we do that? Because every now and then we'll do an episode and I'm like, did we do that episode? Like The Fly? Yeah. I know we Dude. brought it up before. Uh, I remember like, uh, uh, did we do, we did Bordello of Blood. I yeah, don't recall like Bordello of Blood at two, all. Year two of Halloween? Yeah. Fest. This is very early. Yeah. I don't recall doing that one at all. And there's a couple ones where like, I've seen the movie once for the show. Yeah. And I'll be like, have I seen that movie? And then I'm like, oh my God, we covered it on an episode. And it's, it's like blows my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Speaking of Bordello of Blood, I would love to tackle Demon Knight. I know we discussed. Oh it. yeah, we talked. Yeah, about we it. talked I'm, about. That. I'm like, I'm like a hundred percent on board with with that because I think that's leaps and yeah. bounds better than Bordello. I think Bordello. Oh, for sure, terrible. two completely different movies. But um, so, Sixteen Candles. Um, we've all seen it. We've all grown up with it. Uh, let's go ahead and just dive right into it. What do you think it has on Rotten Tomatoes? 70 oh i don't know uh 70 70 oh 70 70 70 70 70 okay i will help 70. you out and i will tell you what weird science had if okay. that gives you any like connection to put together so weird science on rotten tomatoes has a 58 percent really so, oh, wow. yes we i don't That's think we played, i don't think we played this game back during the weird no, science no, no. days no. yeah um so I'm yeah, going to go ahead and say uh, uh, 79% for 16 candles. Okay. Matthew? 70. Okay. It has an 84. Which, wow. uh, oh, yeah. oh, okay. So actually, it's kind of high. I'm surprised. Because okay. I figured okay. like uh, we're going to get to it. We're going to talk about how like a lot of this stuff in this movie hasn't aged well. Uh, so I know a lot of like uh we talk about like rotten tomatoes that like these movies that are like a hundred they can be like a hundred years old and the ratings can change over time because the people can just add in their like their their 
newer 2021 ratings, right? Yeah. So I, I figured 16 Candles would have a lower one Drops because it hasn't aged. Not, it not hasn't aged like well. a fine wine. Yeah. Right. So I'm kind of surprised it's up there that high at 84. Okay. Um, so let's talk about 16 Candles 1984. What do you think the budget was? Matthew, I'll start with you. Go. The... $84 million. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that was a big one. I was, um, more, I was more concerned with the duh. Duh. Because yeah. <laughs> they're like, how do we get both Cusacks in this movie? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, uh, the big budget. Yeah, they need to save mm-hmm. some, set some aside. Yeah, I would say, honestly, seven, no, 10 million. I'll say 10 million. Okay. Hunter? Four million. Four million. Hanta wins 6.5. Oh. And then we don't have worldwide. We only have domestic. And what do you think that was, Hanta? 10 million. Matthew? 15. 15? Yeah. Uh, 23. So it's a a tie tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, Hanta, go ahead and take us through the cast and crew of 16 Candles. Directed by John Hughes. This is his directorial debut. Uh, and then we did previous episodes. Weird Wait, did you say it's his directorial debut? Yeah, this is his first movie. Really? Oh, that's kind of cool. I did not yeah. know that. Okay. Yeah, 1984, first movie. Um, like you mentioned, previous episode, Weird Science. Uh, also best known for Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller, and then a lot of other teen comedy slash coming of age movies and also yeah. like a lot of writing and producing credits. Uh, starring Molly Ringwald as Samantha, uh, best, best known as Breakfast Club, uh, Pretty in Pink. She was in The Stand, and then she's been in, I think, um, most recently Riverdale, that CW show. Uh, also starring Anthony Michael Hall as Farmer Ted, previous episodes Weird Science, and Edward Scissorhands. <coughs> uh he'll wow, be we did do Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. He'll oh, be, yeah, yeah. He'll be popping up in a movie uh, coming in... October Halloween Kills yep. will be popping up in in that movie. I uh, got Michael Sheffling, who is not Matt Dillon. This dude looks exactly like Matt Dillon. He looks like a Dillon. Yeah, yeah. good call. Um, I, don't know, I would say he looks exactly like him. But if they said that's his brother, I'd be like, yeah, I could yeah, totally yeah. See yeah. It. yeah. Uh, he's Jake in this movie, the love interest. Uh, he was in Vision Quest with Matthew Medine, and then was also in Mermaids with Cher and Winona Ryder. Then we have Haviland Morris as Caroline. Uh, that's Jake's girlfriend. She is best known probably for, I think she plays like a receptionist uh, in Gremlins 2. Um, she's got like crazy red hair and big glasses, I oh, think. Oh, shit. That is her. You yeah. didn't realize that was her? That Dude, no. I was like, it's, uh, I, I think like, it's dude, like her, Zach her Gallagher. Looks... It's Zach Gallagher's yeah. um, boss, I think. Oh, okay. The higher ups. That sounds yes. about right. Um, yeah. It's been a but... while since I've seen it. Wow, that Fun fact about this movie is that she wore a wig in this. Oh, yeah. It looked like a, a wig the entire time. Okay. So it makes sense when they cut her hair at the end that, like, whatever, like, it's a wig. So. Yeah. Is she a blonde or is she a redhead? She's a redhead. It's natural. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Really? She's actually a, a natural redhead. Yep. Because yeah, wow. in her uh, IMDb, she actually has red hair. So that makes sense. No, no kidding. kidding. They probably didn't want her to compete against uh, uh, Molly Ringwald in this movie. Right. The- they should okay, have well, done. They should done. They should have done a side plot where it's like the kind of timid girl with red hair versus the the popular girl with red hair. Why not? Yeah, like, yeah. awesome. Speaking of this character, uh, before we kind of go into it, I've watched this movie dozens of times, but this might be the first time that like she's not a bad guy at all. 
Like oh, she by the is end, by the end of the movie, she kind of becomes like a redeemable character. Well, she's not even a bad character at all. I mean, even they talk about her and there's nothing bad about her. She doesn't really, she's not mean to anybody. Um, yeah. They, they make does, a few comments does, about how she does. I don't, this is not hundred percent right, but she does some kind of charity work or something like, Oh, really? She's a oh, decent, yeah. They said like, didn't she say like, uh, they said, first off, they said everybody likes her because she's supposed to be like really sweet. Oh yeah. Uh, when they're talking about her when she's in the shower, right? Okay. Yes. Yeah. And then she, they say something about like her brother is handicapped, right? Oh. Or something. Yeah. I can, it was something yeah. that redeemed her character that made her look. Yeah. Okay. So like she's, I mean, much like, um, what did we watch recently where we thought, oh, um, like you think that uh, Val or Iceman Top is a gun. bad guy? Yeah. yeah. Oh, the, from the Iceman family? The yeah. Iceman. Ice, yeah. They're both related. Iceman <laughs> and uh, her. Yeah. Like she's not a bad guy. She's yeah. just the popular girl yeah she's just a teenager in a in a high school i think that's kind of uh you know yeah uh we got uh getty wantanabe as long uh long duck dong uhf also in gremlins too and then Mm. and was also (laughs) and was also in uh was also in What's that? Sorry. I knew he was in Gremlins too, but you just like mapping that out for me. I was like, oh, cool. They're both in it. Yeah. Yeah. Keep and going, dude. You're doing great. You're doing and great. And he was Keep also going. in uh, Gung Ho with uh, Michael Keaton. Good movie. Oh, um, yeah. I always uh, reference the, uh, <clears throat> the, well, specifically to my brother and sister, but like the last part where they're like rushing to get the cars done, you know? Yeah. The work is it. Michael Keaton, like, and then he's like, I'm going to go home in my brand new car. And as he's driving, just like completely falls <laughs> apart, and then his like seat just falls back. Like oh. <laughs> the part uh, I always think about in that is when like they're all completely done, and everybody's like inspecting the cars. And Michael Keaton is acting like, yeah, he's acting like he's wiped in the window. The guy just puts his hand through the window. Yeah. And then there's the guy, the guy that like is in the trunk of the car, or no, he's in the hood of the car, like where the engine is, and he's just like, hey, and the <laughs> guy opens like, it shut. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right that needs a rewatch that needs a re-watch. uh john yeah. dooley as uh samantha's dad um <clears throat> the only credit i really saw him probably best known as is wimpy in the popeye movie with robin williams um then we have blanche baker as well actually G- not to cut you off so the father yeah okay if you can pull him up if you got it open I'll, I'll, I'll stall for time for a second i got it i think that father was in freddy's two um or freddy's two Nightmare on Elm Street 2, Freddy's Revenge. <laughs> Freddy's 2. Freddy's, Freddy's next 2. Freddy's. Just type in Freddy's 2. Um, uh, he's not I, in that movie. He's not the father in that? He is not the father. Holding up a he's car. Not, not the father. Is Sam's best okay. friend in Freddy's 2? Ah. <laughs> is, that, she's, uh, is that Ginny? Is that her name in this movie? I cannot remember her name. But um, she looks like... The third best friend. Oh, Ginny's Ginny's the sister. I have some uh, fun stuff about about her. Oh, really? Okay, um, I didn't mean to go off topic, but like she got like the curly hair. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. I can't. It might be this uh, Leanne Curtis. She's in Critters Two. Mm. Uh, I'm not seeing anything about Freddy. There's no nobody. So you're telling me nobody from this movie is in Freddy Two? Don't look like it. Nope. Oh man, that is such a bummer. Okay. I don't think anybody calls it Freddy Two, but continue. Go ahead. <laughs> Dude, I love how often you bring up the Nightmare on Elm Street movies on here. Like, is this blah 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 from Nightmare on Elm Street Part Five? Or like, usually, oh, really? They, yeah, usually there's it a, looks like them. <laughs> usually, there's a connection somewhere. Um, let's see. Yeah. Uh, okay. 
Uh, Blanche Baker as Ginny, which is the sister who's getting married. Uh, we saw her last time in a previous episode back in season one. Can you guess which episode? Nope. Matt, you want to give it a try? No, I can't. Can you, can you raw, give me a hint? Raw deal. No, I'm just going to tell you because we got to move move forward. Oh, raw deal. Like, <laughs> wow. No. <laughs> Uh, oh, wow. speci- specifically, she's uh, uh, Arnold's wife in that movie. It's the part where it's like, you should not drink and bake when she's like getting oh, drunk, yeah. the cake and the wow. alcohol at her. Okay. All right, uh, I did not remember this. Dude, uh, there's a movie that I don't like, I don't I've remember. seen it. I remember parts of it. I remember there's a part where a guy falls on a rock crusher and it made me really. I remember scared. Darren McGavin crying in it, and that's it because yeah, he's learned how to walk again. It's yeah. really sad. Well, his son dies. Remember, his son dies in the beginning of the movie. Oh yeah, and then I think he was yeah. going to be Arnold's god godfather, or Arnold's uh, son's godfather, I think. And it's like, oh, you gotta okay. walk, you gotta walk, blah, blah blah. And it ends really sad, and it's not really a good movie. The end. Cool, cool review. Billy Bird as Grandma. Uh, we saw her in Home Alone previous episode, and then she's also in uh, Police Academy Four: Citizens on Patrol. Then we got John and Joan Cusack as Bryce and Geek Girl number one, respectively, which I thought was interesting uh, seeing these two in like bit parts in this movie. Yeah. Because they're kind of just like background characters. But like, if you look at it uh, in like six years, John Cusack's in like, he does like a fir- his like first serious role in The Grifters with Angelica Houston. And then another connection to Ad- Adam's family, Joan Cusack uh, is in Adam's family values like, less than like nine years later so, yeah like, okay. they get like massive like roles uh just like in less than a decade basically and they yeah. actually they work together a lot they do um, yeah because i mean off the top of my head i know they're both in say anything gross point um blank. gross point blank we just watched a few weeks ago and then uh high fidelity okay so, yeah yeah i mean so they're yeah they're there together yeah, for sure uh jamie gertz uh she's i I don't. I didn't notice her in this movie, but she's listed in the IMDb. I just want to bring it up oh, because we just okay. her. Was that when when they're cut? She's the girl. Oh, she's not the girl who cuts her hair, but she's the girl right next to her. Like okay. there's a line yeah. where um, her friends like, "No, thank you. I don't do that." And her friends like, "Yeah, you do." And she's like, "I know." And they're like <laughs> laughing. She's like the friend like laughing with. Okay. Her, so. Yeah. Just saw her recently in Lost Boys recent episode um then this was surprising to me uh john capelos as rudy which is the sister's like uh fiance or husband yeah uh, yeah he's actually the janitor in breakfast club which i didn't even really notice like i it was like yeah. i know the face but then when i looked him up it's like oh yeah it makes sense is uh, he weird science as well yeah he is he's actually in the the club scene the very yeah. uncomfortable club scene um and then he is also in the shadow i think he is like a bit like a bit part of that movie cool okay okay yeah he's kind of a bit play that pops up in movies here and there yeah i've seen his face like multiple times where i couldn't tell you what i couldn't tell you what movies he's in but he's just one of those it's like the it's like the guy that's in like the warriors he pops up like in everything twin peaks um i think it's david patrick kelly's his name but yeah yeah, 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 yeah. the crow he's always in walter walter hill stuff yeah exactly yeah exactly um see brian doyle murphy as the reverend at the end uh groundhog day uh, wayne's world and then lastly zelda rubenstein as the organist poltergeist franchise teen witch and then she's in one of the uh uh probably like a favorite episode uh from tales from the crypt called the new arrival uh which is like season four episode seven 
it's the part where the the psychologist or it's like a tv show uh they go uh, to like with, interview um the guy who does mass of the phantasm Matt, it's, you know uh, david name. warner i think is his name yeah, he's the guy in omen and uh he plays like i think he's in the star trek movie uh yeah but yeah dude i'm not gonna lie to you. this cast is like all over the place it's crazy like, why mean, are we talking about david warner right now Oh, I'm just. Are you just uh, zone out? He was in. He was in the Tales no, from the I Crypt. I, I spaced out for a second. I'm like, wait, why are we talking about? He's David in Warner? the Tales from the Crypt episode with Zelda Rubenstein. That's like the oh, okay. like the star of the episode. Yeah, like yeah. The, the, yeah. Or he's the radio. Or he's the radio yeah. therapist. Or the TV yeah. therapist. Or yeah. And that's all I have for cast and crew. Uh, Hanto, can you tell me, off the top of your head, I'll give you 20 seconds, how this movie uh, has any connection to Dust Till Dawn? Three, the hangman's daughter. I mean, I think it has to be with I don't know. Just go, just go, just go go down the stream. I'll follow you. Just go ahead and just pick Anthony, an actor. And Anthony Michael Hall. Good start. Keep going. Yeah. Uh, Keep going. Uh, That's good. I, yeah. I already got it. To Michael Jai really? White. Michael Jai White and Dark Knight. Okay. Keep going. Okay. This is good. Uh Eric Roberts are also in Dark Knight. I don't know. Okay. Am I on the right track? Do you know it? I keep going, but get out of Dark Knight. You're staying too long. You're, you're taking the. You're taking the. Yeah, you're taking the back. I try to connect it to Danny Trejo there. somehow by going to the B level, B level uh, actors. Okay, it's good. Okay. Well, uh, how about this? We already mentioned the movie. What today? Yeah, we mentioned the movie that connects them pretty pretty exclusively. Lost really? Boys. No, you, you want me to do it or Hanto? You still going? No, nah, I, I, is it Gremlins too? Okay. No, uh, Edward Scissorhands with Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp, Once Fun Time in Hollywood, or Once Upon ah. a Time in Mexico. And wait, how, Johnny um, Depp's in Once Upon a Time. Oh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Yeah, sorry, he's in Once Upon a Time in Mexico. And, and then Danny Trejo is probably in there. Danny Trejo, and then <laughs> and then you got uh, from Dust Till Dawn. Well, I'm glad you I'm, like. I'm glad you guys like just revived this for, this uh little. I didn't revive it. This is Chris. Chris brought this. Well, up then you the you you helped finish it, so you you partook. Chris in it. Chris made a comment a couple months ago. He's like he's like, are we gonna do this every single episode? And then it died out. And then for some reason, Chris. Just well, because I could I could tell I could tell there was some kind of like um maybe we shouldn't do it anymore from from you guys. So no, I kinda, not at I all. Kind of let it like go away. Twenty but episodes I'm, in I'm, a row. I'm like happy to bring it back. We hey, when this. you when you have a favorite movie, I don't want to deny it. So, all right, I did so catch let's on, go ahead. on TV for a little bit uh, a couple months ago. And watch it's it sometime a... on the podcast. Okay, cool. Yeah, we. All right, yeah, so I'd... let's go ahead and get in Sixteen Candles. So, Sixteen Candles starts off. The basic premise of this movie is you have Sam, who's played by Molly Ringwald, and it's like it's weird because like the basis of the movie is everybody forgets her birthday. It's a horrible birthday. That's yeah. like pretty much the entire premise of this movie. Um, and I, I want to ask you before we get into this movie, Hanta, you said best known for Breakfast Club. What do you think is more of a staple, 16 Candles or Breakfast Club? Probably Breakfast Club. That's a better, I think the better of the two movies and has more uh, more of the Brat Pack uh, <clears throat> actors and has more of a uh, kind of a, a better story in my opinion. Okay. Matt, what yeah, about you? I also, oh, yeah, Breakfast Club for sure. What's kind of weird is, like, uh, I know Molly Ringwald's the star of this movie, but she's also kind of not the star of this movie. Yeah, right? I think um, Farmer Ted gets more screen time than... than uh... Dude, 
she takes a back seat about 45 minutes in and it's nothing but like farmer ted for like an hour well yeah. not really but it's farmer ted for like a good majority of the the movie after she just goes home after the dance and yeah and then the, the party's going on there's stuff happening there so they focus on the party for a good chunk of the movie mm-hmm. so yeah you know it's odd too even Chris, talking- what about you dude I think Sorry, Breakfast you Club. That question. You're good. I think I like Breakfast Club more, but I think this is a more iconic movie. I feel mm-hmm. like I hear more references to Sixteen Candles in Breakfast Club, personally. But okay. um, you know, it's odd too. You talking about Anthony Michael Hall being like kind of a main character. This is actually kind of like uh, progressive in the fact that Molly Ringwald and Anthony Michael Hall both have moments where they talk to the camera. Or no, actually, that's not true at all. Only Anthony Michael Hall does. Does he? Yeah. Um, yeah. That one, it's when Anthony Michael Hall is driving the car home and then um, she falls in, friends in the car. Yeah. And he, I can't remember what he says, but he like looks in the camera and makes like a comment. And something for, like this is getting interesting, right? Something is, like that. Yeah. yeah something okay. Like okay. But um, for 1984, that's actually pretty new, I guess, like actually addressing the audience, you know? But yeah. But it's weird because Molly Ringwald doesn't talk to the camera. But there's so many like thing like um, comments she says out loud, so yeah. she's kind of talking to the audience. But yeah, not I think really. it's mainly just her kind of like saying stuff out loud, venting. Yeah. Like, so yeah. I had I had a thought, but it derailed, and I kind of found it. So, so the basic um, the house is completely busy that she lives in with her family, and nobody remembers her birthday. So like that's like the beginning like the the hit of the yeah. the intro and then it goes into like the credits and mm. i don't know why these credits are so memorable to me or they always have been i is think it just, it's a what mix is the, what is the opening credits of this movie is it it's just, just kids at a high school walking around oh, okay yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, yeah that's totally it's kind of cool because of, like all these like uh they're um this is what like john hughes is like great for in my opinion is like he's able to tell these like really quick little stories with like background characters yeah you know, where it's like we get this kid messing with his locker for like three shots and he can't get his locker open, you know, or like uh, you look at like all the faces of all the classmates in Ferris Bueller. And they oh, all have yeah. Different, like, you totally you know? do. Yeah. And it's sometimes like, you get like, a little bit of screen time, too, and some dialogue, which is kind of, you know, you got Kersey Swanson in that Ferris Bueller. Uh, she pops yeah. up like for a second. Yeah, I feel like this is what I really enjoy about this. Okay, so talking about John Hughes, we talked about this in a weird science podcast. I do remember this, that he's like the the director that everyone always looks for when they're making a teen movie. Yeah. They're always like, oh, I want to make a John Hughes-like movie, right? And like, I feel like the thing they always forget to adapt is like his like directing style for this kind of stuff. Like he's really great with background characters. Yeah. And like where you see like uh, Anthony Michael Hall's buddies, like really stand out like even all the, all the nerds stand out there's like one kid that is on the bus that makes a face and you see him in every single scene that he's in you're like oh there's that one kid this yeah, guy one. the one who's on the eyebrows yeah and you see him in like every single like every time yeah. he pops up you're like oh there he is yeah um but yeah so like yeah. i think what's Anyways, so the whole credits is this yeah. yeah what's interesting about uh you're talking about like the geeks uh kind of gonna go off on a tangent but like bryce is it bryce i think and which is john cusack and is it his brother or just his friend the other guy at the goggles i think they're his it's his friend okay i, think, I always thought to do the whole yeah. relationship between those two and like farmer ted totally reminds me of charlie uh, corsmo and the two friends in uh 
can't hardly wait. Yeah. Where it's right? like you got Charlie Cosmo going on his whole adventure where he's actually like learning and having like personal growth, kind of like how Charlie Cosmo kind of goes in as like the nerd and then has like a massive transition or you know, a yeah. transformation by the end of the movie. Whereas nobody like, gets to friends, be both. Yeah, exactly. And then like the two friends were kind of off on their own, just like I wonder what he's doing, you know, entire just wondering. Wow. I never really connected to that, but you're absolutely right. So well, actually, okay, so Okay, so making that connection, this is a tough question. So if you can't answer, that's absolutely fine. So we got John Hughes, who's like top tier um, teen movie or teen school. movies. Is there another director slash writer that we would be like, oh yeah, they get it? Like in uh, this, this genre or like coming of age movies or like high school just movies? Just like or? teen high school movies. So I already know what I would say. I know and, you're going to say the same thing I'm going to say, but go ahead. Okay, I was going to say. Um, the lady who directed um, Clueless, Fast Times and Clueless. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, that would probably make. I actually didn't realize that she directed both of those movies. Yeah, Amy Heckling. Yeah. Amy Heckling, thank you. I was um, I had to look her name up, but yeah, that would yeah. be mine too. So her track record's pretty solid. Um, but other than that, I don't think there's a lot of like. I mean, John Hughes is like the the guy everybody talks about. I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, so after the beginning of the credits. We cut to Sam, Molly Ringwald's character, and she's in class and she's writing out like the sex note. And which is she from, fills I out, think her, which I think is from her friend in a different class, is like, fill this out, give it to. Yeah, like an anonymous friend. type thing. Yeah. yeah. And it's weird because, like, even the scene is so well, like, orchestrated because, like, you got Jake in the background who's just kind of like drifting off, or not drifting off, but he's like, kind of staring at Molly Ringwald. Yeah. She throws the note. Like he reaches over and like grabs with his foot, and it's such an enticing scene because there's no dialogue. Yeah, but you already yeah. know you don't want this guy to get her note because like that's super embarrassing and stuff like oh, that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a really good scene. She freaks out because her friend doesn't get the note because Jake got it instead. And mm-hmm. then we cut to Jake and his buddy who are working out next to each other, and there's this whole scene where they're like doing pull-ups. <laughs> I love this because. I, yeah, yeah I love it because it seems like they're really like, you know, holding, holding on the, the chin up bar basically. And it just yeah. comes, comes uh, you know, pans back and then they're just like standing and doing like right. pulse, whatever. Well, you got that. And then there's an additional like nice bonus scene in the background while Jake is talking about Molly Ringwald's character. There's this huge dude wrestling with this little boy and he's like <laughs> spinning him over his head. And it's such a <laughs> random scene. Um, dude. Speaking of Jake's friend though, he Tony, is from a Tales from the Crips. Tony Longo is his name. Uh, he plays Rock in this movie. I had written down for the cast and crew, but uh, he actually pops up in Angels in the Outfield. Okay. And then uh, he pops up in Mulholland Drive, uh, which uh, I didn't realize that there was actually an hour and a half TV pilot for Mulholland Drive before it was a movie. Like, apparently it's like the same is- exact like cut. It's just cut as a pilot, probably with really? mystery to be like transformed into like a TV series. Okay. Yeah, it's listed as like a 1999 Mulholland Drive TV movie or unaired TV pilot, but it's like I, I was like watching. It's on YouTube. I was watching through it. And it's like basically the movie, essentially. Really? Yeah. Okay. Really. But um, um yeah. Who, what, which episode of Tales from the Crypt was he in? I couldn't tell you, but I'm 99 sure he was in a Tales from the Crypt episode. I okay. I just couldn't tell you which one. Oh, he just fine. looks. Yeah. Um. Fun fact: since we're talking about like TV episode movies. Cruel Intentions 2 with uh, Amy Adams okay. was a TV show. They filmed three episodes, I think. It got canceled, 
So they took the three episodes, made it into a full-length movie and edited it and called it Cruel Intentions too. Wow. Yeah, doesn't, originally, she, yeah. doesn't she play Sarah Michelle Gellar's part? I, I'm not sure, but I think it's like very okay. like close to it. I never but, saw yeah. it. I never, I saw, I never it. saw it either. But man, that, that first one, if that's a, a coming soon for this podcast, it has been for years. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, she is. She does play Sarah Michelle, uh, Michelle Gellar's character. Oh, she does? does she? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. okay, that makes more sense. Um, so after all this, Molly Ringwald goes back home and all of her family is in town because her sister is getting married. And meanwhile, we have these interactions that are just like, I feel like they really nail it on the nose with like when she like, I don't know, like, the, the, like being a teenager and being annoyed by your family, this gets it right. Like yeah. everywhere she walks, she's just like, it's um, a, it's a, it's a total precursor to the chaos in Home Alone. Just like ton, tons oh, of yeah. people moving yeah. around, stuff happening, chaos, and it's like the same exact kind of like concept. You got all these grandparents in town for the the wedding. Yeah. Uh, you got the daughter stealing the bathroom from the dad, you know, and it's just like total chaos. Dude, I, I think my family forgets one thing. family forgets a birthday, the other family forgets a kid. That should be on a card somewhere. Um, <laughs> I, my, uh, I think my favorite line from this movie, just because, and I think it has to do with Molly Ringwald's reaction to this, but she goes upstairs and she sees like her grandparents. And then, like, they're kind of talking her off, and she like, oh, goes yeah. downstairs. And then she runs into her grandma and grandpa, and her grandma's like, Look at Sam. She's gotten her boobies. And <laughs> the grandpa's like, The grandpa goes, Let me get my magnifying glass. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and Molly, Molly Ringwald's reaction is like a total, like, Oh my God. Like, that really <laughs> just come out of your mouth. Um, so, like, yeah, like, you buy this awkwardness between them all because, like, it feels like, yeah a teenager who's annoyed with their family oh yeah 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 um, like even like the little brother the little brother's awesome in this because he's a total ass and oh yeah he's a little he's a little shit bag yeah and actually i think my yeah. favorite scene with him is when he makes a comment at molly ringwald and he walks away to go to the bathroom and the bathroom's locked and he just like completely <laughs> runs into it <laughs> um so the way he, like, yeah, of, it's just the way he like shoves his body into it and he just kind of stops and then opens the door. Right? <laughs> um, so like with all this frustration that Molly Ringwald's having, no one remembers her birthday. She's kicked out of her room. Her family's there. Um, she goes to hang out. Or no, she's not kicked out of her room yet, but she goes to her room and she finds out this complete stranger is living in her room and it's Long Duck Dong. Yeah. Um, who I will tell you, um, his laugh kills me. His laugh is so on point. Um, like later on when they talk about the whole automobile thing, like his laugh is like yeah, amazing. oh yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah. When he breaks down a whole story, that's like the best part. Like like that's his best part in the movie. Yeah, when he's just talking about it, he's like the lake and everything. That's great. Right. Well, let me ask you something about this. So I was watching this with more open eyes this time. Do you think this character yeah. is offensive? Uh. It's definitely definitely questionable. When he's just a character, it works. Yeah. Um, like his dialogue's funny, stuff like that. Um, like when they do like the gong sound, yeah, that's kind of like yeah, yeah. We yeah. About this that's last cringy. night we just watched that movie Spookies, and there's a, a character, an Asian character in that movie, and it's like they do the same exact thing where it's like they just like here's how you can tell that this is uh, you know 
an Asian. Oh yeah, we is, talked about that. Yeah, is music or like a, a symbol, or, you know, like the gong noise or whatever. And it's like you could, it, it's not totally necessary to do that, but movies do that in the specifically in the eighties, where they're a little bit more uh, close-minded, if you will. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but his character in general, I really enjoy it because he's like this quiet boy. And then as the movie progresses, he's oh, he gets... like this wild child. He's and... an agent of chaos by the end of the movie. He is. Yeah. And then like, even like at one point, like he's only there for not even a day and he has a girlfriend and he's driving around like smoking cigarettes with his girlfriend on his arm and it like cracks oh, me yeah. up. Yeah. Because, like he just he's like the only character that has an arc in this whole movie. <laughs> he kind of yeah. does. Everybody yeah. kind of everybody just kind of goes straight, and he's the only one that like arcs in a completely like crazy yeah. territory. Way, basically, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Like we, we do need to kind of bring this up because like uh, I feel like this is a kind of a controversial thing now. You know? Yeah. yeah. And I think it's the uh, the amount of asian characters in american movies um and like there weren't that many straight laced ones like big trouble in little china is actually one of them that like uh that was kind of it still got shit on for that yeah but it kind of uh but the, it, the main it still hero, plays it pretty straight though yeah i'm gonna say the main hero of big trouble in little china at least is like it's played by an asian character which is yeah. which is rare like you never see that really. Yeah. When you have, especially when you and have a high American, like A-lister, especially when you have an A-lister like Kurt Russell, you like Kurt Russell's just the sidekick in that movie, basically. True. Yeah, and True. he's the buffoon. Like he's the one that like like the they're, they're making they're making fun of like in exactly. that movie. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, like as far as like getting like straight Asian characters in movies back then was kind of like yeah, uh, it's it's kind of it still is a battle. Oh and yeah, it's, slow, and it's like well. Speaking of like, like slowly uh, teetering away, but speaking of you know the movie he's in uh, a few years later, Gung Ho. I mean, that's all about uh, basically Japanese culture coming to America because I think they're they're um, the plant. I think they're bringing in the Japanese um, workers to kind of take over one of the the car plants. Yeah, but it focuses a lot on like Japanese culture in that movie, if I recall. Yeah, yeah, I remember it. Like, and it's like yeah. It's in a they they show it in like I want to say a positive light yeah. because like the they do show it in a negative light but they show it in a positive light right as well. right um so yeah I, I I don't know I I'm like I'm not one to judge so I couldn't tell you how I feel about this character like now um I mean I but think it's like I mean I, yeah I think we mentioned it I think like the use of like the gong or like any sort of like music to signify. Yeah you know, somebody that's not from America is kind of not the way to go in movies. Yeah. Like. Well, and I'll say too, does it ruin the movie for you? No. No, because I think there's like okay. instances where it's kind of like, I think the movie means well, but it has things that just haven't aged well. Yeah. So like for the yeah, most yes. part, his character is, like you said, he has an arc. Um, I find his character very charming. Even like, okay, so this next scene, they're all having dinner. And Londa Dong is eating quiche. And he asks, how do you spell? And uh, the grandfather's like, you don't spell it, son. You eat it. Yeah. And then, like, he laughs with the grandpa. And it's actually a really, like, funny scene. Like, it's a yeah. charming scene. So, like, yeah. it's not like... Okay, so it's not like he's coming to America and they're making him look like this huge idiot. Yeah. I don't think they're doing that yes. at all. Yeah. I mean... Um, I... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. 
Because I could see that, like, I could see there's probably handfuls of movies from the 80s that did do that. And they're like this, like, oh, man, he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, he's not an idiot. Yeah. Um, They just, he's just. Well, and like, the other thing is, too, is like, uh, I was kind of like, because I was examining it while I was watching this movie. uh, He's kind of surround, like this, like Molly Ringwald's like the only straight character really in this movie. And so is Jake. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's a goofball in this. I say none of them. Uh, I don't think Jake and uh, Sam basically partake in drugs or alcohol in this movie, so they're kind of just like sober and straight laced the entire time. Yeah, but like I'm just talking about like character identity wise. Like everybody's kind of a goofball in this movie. Right, like the right. grandparents, like even the mom and dad at a times. Like yeah. the the boyfriend, the uh, the guy that uh, her sister's getting married to, her sister, her brother. Like everybody's kind of Anthony Michael Hall. Like yeah. they're all kind of like, uh, yeah, you're know. absolutely like, right. I've they're really all kind of just that goofy. Before. They're all kind of they're, goofy characters. They're basically caricatures uh, in a way. And yeah. Then, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then it's grounded by, yeah. well, they're actually, they're actually like larger than life characters. And yeah. And Sam and Jake are the only like normal people. Yeah. Um, um yeah, that's I mean, really like, I mean, like, but as, as far as like, as it ruins it, I would say like a movie that is totally ruined. Like I could never. I, I know you're. I know. Time. I know yes. what you're about to. I know. Yes. I was about to bring it up. I know what you're about. Big to say. trouble in China. Oh. It's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was uh, not going to say that, but. But I'm just taking these words out of Hondo's mouth. He hates that movie. Um, no, uh, yeah, this is a movie I watched one time, hated it, and I it did not. It. Not. It's not even like it aged well. It's like Raiders of Lost Ark. And <laughs> no. It's bad. Bre- Breakfast at Tiffany's. Yeah, it's just which it's is crazy because it's awful. twenty. It's only, awful. When you think about it, it's only twenty three years prior to uh, sixteen candles, so it's like yeah. this, the span of time is pretty short. But like they straight up just cast a white dude as an, as a Japanese man, Mickey movie. Rooney. Yeah, it's, it's Mickey Rooney from horribly Night offensive. Museum. Horribly offensive. Yeah, I've seen clips. And it's, and it I've never seen the horribly movie, but... offensive. But it had to have been then too. So it's just like it is just stupid, stupid call. Yeah. Where it's like you guys aren't even trying to be coy or cute about it. You're like no. straight up. This is a straight up racist. And I'm sure like, there's probably every time he shows up, I'm sure there's probably like a gong or something or like some yeah, sort of. Sure you know, it is, dude. Because they're they're which, already going all in at that point with Mickey Rooney. Yeah. Which sucks because like there's a good movie in breakfast at tiffany's like there's a good movie in there and it just yeah. completely just have gets overshadowed the have to cut to the side movie. character yeah exactly it, it's yeah. just what? i remember the first time i the saw fuck? it like it was more of like shot i haven't seen the movie but i've seen clips and just seeing his character talk like it's almost like it's like laughable and to the point where you're like this is like they did this like this yeah. is insane yeah. Like, yeah yeah it is not aged well at all yeah yeah it is bad um, um so hey, well, on top of that, real quick, it got nominated for uh, five five uh, Academy Awards, basically best actress, uh, best adapted screenplay, production design, best original score, and original song. Thankfully, Moon River. Not, not supporting actor for Mickey Rooney. Thank I God. I thought you were going to say it. I thought no, you were going to say thank it. Thank God. God. Um, so while they're, so while they're at dinner, uh, Molly Ringwald has a dance to go to, and she makes up a thing about how it has it's graded if it's for yeah. school. And the grandma's like, I got a great idea. Why don't you take Long Duck Dong with you? And so he ends up going to the dance too. And I feel like it's back to back memorable scenes because Molly Ringwald gets to the dance. And as soon as she gets there, 
farmer Ted, who's Anthony yeah. Michael Hall, shows up and he starts like dancing in front of her. And and he's like, yeah, he's like going for it, which is awesome. I like that's that's a great for this kind of like otherwise nerdy character. He's just going all yeah. dude. He's hysterical in this, and then he does this whole like dance thing. She's utterly embarrassed and she leaves. And um, so like there's like all these interactions by different people. And then later on, she's kind of like sitting in like the automobile section of like the school or whatever, like that classes. Like car shop or whatever. Yeah. And Anthony Michael Hall comes in and he's like, hey, I'm sorry about earlier. He's like, I, I didn't know you couldn't dance. And so like he has no idea that she was embarrassed by him. <laughs> he thinks she was embarrassed that she didn't know how to dance, which I think is hysterical. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. But they have like a very actually this whole scene is very uh, like connecting and emotional, but like he sits down and talks to her and then they kind of combine for the first, or they, they not combine. Um, they kind of connect for the first time in this movie that like, he's trying to help her out with Jake. And like, it, it, it feels like they, she's not embarrassed by him. And she kind of sees like the human side. Yeah. Of him and, his, and his voice is cracking several times. In this. <laughs> Jake, Jake, oh, you know, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's my boy. Jake's my boy. But dude, when he sits there and, um, like he tries to like grind on her and she's like what are you doing <laughs> and he's like I am so sorry it's okay like, it's okay and he thinks it means like it's okay to do it yeah because I think there's like a little uh like a little like, like ding. Ding. yeah yeah <laughs> and then she makes the comment she's like you know I for the first time I felt how much you really liked me and he's like oh because like our brain waves and she's like no I felt it on my leg and then he like reaches <laughs> in his pocket <laughs> She's like, I don't want to see it. And he pulls out like breath mints. He's like, breath mints are very important. I'm like, <laughs> it's like the comedic timing and all this is very like. Yeah, quick. yeah. Um, but he ends up borrowing Molly Ringwald's panties to show to like all the boys that he had sex with her. Um, which for, for 10 floppy disks, that's the bet. He's like, which apparently is very expensive at the oh, time, yeah. which it yeah. might have been. I have oh, it no absolutely idea. was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, so after this scene, or after like the dance is winding down, Molly Ringwald runs into Jake. And it's actually a really good interaction because she's so like nervous about him that they're both like, it looks like they're at a goodwill. I know they're not, but there's just like tables and coats. <laughs> oh yeah, the tables. Yeah. 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 And they're both like at a goodwill looking back. for VHSs. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, do you guys have Breakfast oh, Club on uh, VHS? <laughs> <laughs> ghoulies no way oh, oh cool spookies <laughs> spookies oh. <laughs> um she turns around and sees them and he kind of gives her like a hey and then she kind of gives like an awkward like yeah, walks away like hides behind a pillar or whatever yeah um so definitely he's getting mixed signals because he's kind of into her but we're not sure yet um i think the only scene that might make jake's girlfriend which i can't think of her name um but the only or whatever Oh, yeah, Car- is that- Caroline, I think is her name. Is uh, it- yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. Is when they're dancing, her and Jake are dancing. Yeah. And she's like, hey, what's going on with you? And she's like, hey, just to let you know, I have 20 guys that would kill to love me. And yeah. she's like, he's like, he's like, is that a threat? She's like, it's a fact. And so yeah. it's the only thing that makes her look like yeah. not a likable character. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then we go into, um, we got like Duck Duck, Long Duck Dong, who is like the happiest guy in the world. He's like his girlfriend. With his yeah. And then there's like, it's like, there's so many scenes of them. Like they're dancing. Like, uh, oh yeah. Like, there's a line that he says. He's like, he's like, uh, sorry to cut you off. Aunt, uh, yeah. Yeah. Good. 
good. Uh, but like they're dancing, and he's like, "Man, he's like all the girl, he's like all the guys must be, like chase you." And she's like, "They haven't caught me yet." Yeah, they and haven't caught me yet. I like about, that. Yeah, and she says something about how she's like, "I'm the I'm the uh, captain of the track team." Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's like, "I can run the the forty in five minutes or something like that." And he's yeah. Like, shocked. <laughs> um, but yeah, but she's then, like, like what's, "What's your what's your name?" He's like, "Long." <laughs> and he's like, "What's your last name?" dong <laughs> what's your what's your middle name duck <laughs> so long like, dong <laughs> instead of just being like what's your name it's the it's the pacing of that joke dong, it's such yeah. Dong. yeah um but yeah there's so many scenes of them like dancing and then they're driving molly ringwald and they're like sharing cigarettes oh and yeah and at one point when they get to the party that everybody's going to for the dance which is over at jake's um they go to like work out um like she's riding that <laughs> she's riding so the she's exercise like she bike picks that way up like, this house gets d- demolished yeah Dude, it really does uh but yeah like she lifts up the, like basically like the bench press you know and has like several weights and like i guess she just like loses balance and then she, she dumps it comes, everything comes crashing to the floor i think it goes through both floors and hits like their wine like their wine uh like in the basement Cellar. Yeah, the wine cellar basically yeah. destroys yeah. everything. And the guy's like, awesome. <laughs> well, even before that, she's like riding an exercise bike and he's sitting on her lap. <laughs> and they're like, there's like no reason for it. It's very it just random. cuts back and forth. Yeah, they're just working out aggressively. But even when uh, I wonder like when when they do stuff like that in movies, if it was like both those actors were like, like, okay, let's just do something weird. Yeah, we like I'll sit on your lap while you're on this bike. Like, is that in the is that in the script, or they just come up with that on the fly? Yeah, like, I don't know. It's great though. But um, when they get to the party, so Sam doesn't go to the party. Sam goes home, and Anthony Michael Hall and John Cusack and his other buddy they go to the party. And soon they get up to the party, like Anthony Michael Hall's like fixing his shirt. He's like, "Hey, be nice." He's like, "Be respectful to his parents." <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know why they're cracking up. Um. But soon they get in there, they get okay, we, we should talk about Anthony Michael Hall for a second. What you got? I would say, um, I don't know, dance, we should talk about him. He at that dance, is, a at, killer job in this movie. At that dance, is actually kind of cool because, like, they're playing uh, Oingo Boingo, uh, actually, at, at the dance, which is kind of cool because, like, they later play oh, Oingo Boingo they? for Weird Science. And then Danny Elfman, who's the lead singer of Oingo Boingo, does the score for Edward Scissorhands that at, uh, Anthony Michael Hall is also. Oh. Which is pretty cool. No, I'll tie that to from Hangman's Daughter. Three. And Danny Elfman <laughs> did the score for Hangman's Daughter. Oh. Uh, no, Anthony Michael Hall does kill this. I mean, so like a few uh, weeks ago, I bought like the trilogy of like uh, Breakfast Club, Weird Science, and this. And in all three movies, like he is solid. Like he, yeah. I, I still think he's doing good stuff for where he pops up. And I heard the um, the Dead Zone show was really good. But uh, I never watched yeah, it. I watched I the first couple seasons of it. I just know it was very successful because I think it was on for like six seasons or something like it that. It was, yeah. yeah, it was on for a while. Um, but yeah, he kills it in this. Like his delivery on everything is like, um, okay, so like just to go, well, I'll go through the scene real quick. But um, everybody's at the party. They end up. You got the Jake's girlfriend. She gets her hair caught in the door. Yeah. The girls cut it off. So now she has a huge chunk of her hair. Uh, Jake tries to call uh, Sam, Molly Ringwald. He, he keeps he, hanging up, I think, right? Yeah, because he keeps getting Sam's grandparents because yeah. they're in her room. And so you got all these moments that are going on. And then at the end of the party, everybody goes home. 
and I think me and Matt rewound this like numerous times as kids, but Jake takes a beer off the table and he sees like an eyeball. <laughs> Dude, I love this. This scene is great. I love it. And he clears everything off and Farmer Ted's like under the table and he's like, Jake! And it's hysterical. It makes no sense. sense. It makes no sense. No, it yeah. makes no like, sense. I don't know if, like what's it, going on. It plays like it, the table it, or it plays like it's like a horror movie or like it's a scene from Poltergeist or something like that, you know? Uh and I don't know if it was like trying to say like, oh, the party was overwhelming for Farmer Ted, who's like a nerd and not a partier or whatever. So it's just like Oh no, I think he got beat up by the okay. So when they both when all him and all him and his other two friends show up they knock down all those cans so i always thought it was the bullies putting him under the table okay so yeah. oh that was my cool he does have like a welt on his head doesn't he oh yeah he i don't does. know that sounds yeah. familiar yeah and you see that at the end for sure and I, and I guess that explains why the the two nerds are like in the trunk of that car uh, of the jocks yes car. that's because of it yeah but it was very nice of them to at least drop them off at john cusack's house <laughs> at the end right. <laughs> um, see my favorite part is that when they drop them off like they take john cusack out and they got his buddy right next to him like scoots over. over for his, his turn <laughs> like <laughs> he couldn't just wait he's like, like, and he's like smi- yeah he's like smiling he's like <laughs> They probably did it's a few so takes. Stupid. They probably did a few takes of that, and they probably were just cracking up because it's like this kid getting lifted out of a trunk, basically. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's just kind of funny that he just kind of scoots over. He's like, "My turn." Yeah, it's so stupid. But at the actual party, um, after like Jake rescues Farmer Ted, like speaking of how good Anthony Michael Hall is, like there's this whole scene where they're in like a trash kitchen, and Anthony Michael Hall is like making uh, martinis, and he's like giving Jake all this yeah. advice. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> it's there's so many like subtle moments where like Jake will, or uh, Farmer Ted will be making a drink and he'll be like pretzel and he's like crosses his legs like he'll like pinch his yeah. jeans so he can cross his legs properly <laughs> like everything he does in the scene is awesome like I'm really like he's selling it like he's I feel like he's really acting it's not Dude, just a showing part, up not to go too far back but there's a part where he's in the car with Molly Ringwald and he's like he tells her he's like I'm gonna tell you something that's something really embarrassing I can't leave here he's like I've never bagged a babe. And he's like, he's like, he's making some comedy. He's like, he's like, I got called a stud in uh, sixth grade and it just stuck and I've never been able to leave it. <laughs> it's like, I love like the confidence he has. Dude, he has yeah. a lot of confidence. It's pretty awesome. Um, when uh, earlier up there at the dance and you got like Farmer Ted and you got Molly Ringwald and behind him is Molly Ringwald's friend and her boyfriend. And Molly Ringwald's friend is like, She's like, uh, I can't remember what she says, but she's like, Farmer Ted, can I, uh, can I tell you something? He's like, not if it's gonna be an insult. And uh, they all laugh. Like Farmer Ted's like laughing with them. Like it is. Like his confidence is so like strong. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he kills him. This whole scene talking to Jake, and Jake ends up like connecting with them. And he's like, Hey, why don't you go ahead and drop my girlfriend off? You can take my dad's car. Um, and talk about scenes yeah, this that are is just the- like panic. Like, this gives me anxiety watching. Like, he's wrecking yeah. the car. Yeah. Um, she's drunk. Like, he's hitting, like, waste baskets. And, like, it's very anxiety-inducing. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, he ends up going to his friend's house, and they get the camera out, and they take the picture of them together. Um, I like love her cell. Like the... <laughs> 
I love the way she sells her being drunk because like she like wakes up out of nowhere and she's like cheese and like I'm totally buying like she's like completely trash. Yeah, yeah. Okay, the part that I geek out over though, it's like one of the quotes in the movie is when John they're setting up the camera and John Cusack he's like he's like you know what he's like black and white would so capture the moment right now and he's like oh <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Um, but uh, meanwhile, while this is all going on. Molly Ringwald, who's been kind of absent for a little bit, as we discussed, she's at home sleeping on the couch in the family room, and her dad apologizes to her and says, like, hey, um, I'm so sorry, like, but uh, I, like I forgot your birthday. Yeah. yeah. And um, he has an awesome one-liner in this because, like, he's apologizing to her, and she starts talking about her this crush she has. And I think the line that he uses is um, um, she, yeah. she says about, she says about how much this hurts, whatever. He's like, that's why it's called a crush. Like, if it was yeah, easy, yeah. it'd be called it's something actually, else. That's yeah. pretty good. Yeah, pretty it's good. a very solid one-liner. Um, yeah. But, yeah, they uh, they have a really good moment. And then the next morning, which is, like, really, like, our last, like, 10 or 15 minutes of the film itself, is Sam waking up to, like, a house of chaos again. Uh, mother apologizes for forgetting. Uh, they're on their way to the wedding. And her older sister that's getting married has started her uh, menstruation cramps. Am I saying that correctly? Menstruation? Yeah. Menstruation? Menstruation. Yeah, sure. A- ask Menstrual the two cramps. guys on the podcast if you're saying <laughs> that right. Anto, <laughs> menstrual cramps? <laughs> um, so yeah, so she's starting her period and I guess she takes like a lot of um, like muscle relaxers that yeah. like completely take her out for the... Yeah. And... Um, so Molly Ringwald's totally preoccupied just trying to help her sister out. Dude, speaking of her sister, one of my favorite scenes from this movie is Molly Ringwald's in the bedroom with the older sister. And uh, Molly Ringwald's like, I think I'm in love. And she's like, well, how long have you been in love? She's like, uh, I can't remember what she says, but she's like, I don't know. I don't, even, I don't even think he notices me. And the old sister stands up and she's like, I don't have time for this. <laughs> or she says something like really rude and like no. off the wall. I love yeah in that same scene when she's talking and she's like she's like she's talking about her uh fiance and she's like I've never had a man love me for six months in a row. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like it's, it's awesome. Dude, it's man. awesome. Um so they get on their way to the church and they run into Long Duck Dong, who is passed out in the front yard. And it's his laugh right here. The scene is hysterical because um it's and the grandpa sells it well because the way the grandpa's like long and he's like where's yeah. my automobile and then like <laughs> automobile playback and the way he does it and he's like, rrr, rrr, he's like lake. the way he says it, he's like lake big lake so this all seems great they go to the church and meanwhile while they're at the church there's like three or four things going on at the yeah. same time. Yeah, it's yeah. weird. This this like last 30 minutes is like real uh fast. Yeah. It's like everything's kind of like popping really quick. You got wedding going on, then you got Caroline's interaction with Farmer Ted in the car. And then yeah. you have Jake going to Sam's house to see if she's home, basically. Yeah, it is. So yeah, so you got Jake goes and he finds his dad's car with Farmer Ted and Caroline. And apparently it's a weird scene because like, they've kind of connected. Yeah. But they had sex, but he doesn't remember, but he wasn't drinking. I, it's well, a weird I think scene. he was drinking. I think, I he, think he, was he says he doesn't remember. So I'm assuming he got drunk. He acts like, yeah, because he asked her, he's like, did yeah. he? Like, yeah, he doesn't remember. Yeah. 
but they but have like this kind of good. I don't know. If, I don't know if they like do they have sex or not. Like she says they do, but like doesn't I'm not she sure. also think that Anthony Michael Hall's Jake like the entire night? I think so. Yeah. yeah. When he's like, so, he's like, that's me. And he's like, I'm him. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So she has I, no clue I think, Anthony I Michael do, Hall. I do think they went at it. Okay. Um, uh, they commenced. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so they kind of had this connection. They had this like really nice kiss. And then Jake shows up. And then Jake, even like this, this is a very adult yeah, it's scene. Actually, it's actually kind of like a whole, like not wholesome, but like it's like amicable, like, like. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a really good scene, and like like you I feel cool. for even though they're not both into each other anymore, like Jake and Caroline, like they're very respectful of each other yeah. as they're doing this breakup. It's a really good scene. Yeah. Um. So Jake goes to get Sam, and no one's home except for Long Duck Dong, and um, dude, it cracks me up when he's like he's got that ice pack in his head, and the doorbell rings, and he opens up the closet. He's like, "Hello," and then like you hear the <laughs> echo in the closet. <laughs> Where is the door? Uh, but he has an uh he I guess he had an altercation with Jake. Yeah, it's previous off, night. It's off screen because uh previously he sees him, he hears like the the laughing or whatever, and Jake's like looking around and he looks up and he's in the tree. And, and I he, guess like, he, he thinks Jake was his girlfriend. Yeah, um, and then I guess at some point Long Duck Dong grabbed Jake's balls and uh Jake punched him in the face, basically. Yeah. But it's these people weird... got so shit faced in this movie that like they see like <laughs> they have you ever do, been this man. drunk where you see somebody else's face on somebody else like that I mean no. there's two there's two examples in this movie where this happened yeah it's actually so shit faced dude it is like an Alfred Hitchcock teen movie it's like case <laughs> of mistaken identity <laughs> it's a uh, vertigo uh, situation you see somebody else's face on. <laughs> uh, uh... <laughs> um so he talks to jake and he tells jake that sam's getting married because he doesn't understand exactly what's happening um so he goes to the church um we have this the whole wedding scene which is um pretty humorous and actually you know what kills me a lot is grandpa fred i think it's fred um who's like more of a loudmouth grandpa yeah Um, like when she takes off her veil and she just like throws it into a bush yeah. He's the only one that laughs and he's got this like chuckle, like, <laughs> like he like laughs. Um, so she ends up getting married. She's totally gone on a muscle relaxers. Actually, this whole scene is great because she walks out and they're like throwing rice and everything. And she's completely gone. And the way her husband reacts to everything she's doing, he's like, honey, he's like, what are you doing? He's like, honey. And I'm like, it's a complete like mess. Yeah. They go off in their limo. <clears throat> And Sam did rushes the, out really quick. Did you catch the camera uh, guy? That guy's no, that guy's oh. dad. No, I don't know what you're talking about. But that guy's dad pays the priest off. He pays uh, Bill Murray's brother. He oh, pays really? him off like after the wedding, and the priest just looks at him like, "What?" He slips like a check in his pocket. Oh like, no, I never. He's supposed that. to be in the. He's supposed to be in the mafia. Like they're alluding to him being in the mafia. What? The dad. Really? The That's dad of. No, the dad of uh, the guy that she marries. Yeah, oh. alluding that he's in the mafia because he's he's talking to the dads are talking to the dinner table at one yeah. scene. Oh, and he's yeah. like, yeah, he's like, I'm in the. He's like, sometimes I do. He's like, I'm into arcades. He's like, sometimes I do personal loans. The malls. Oh, interesting. And they're kind of they're playing the Godfather song in the background. Okay. Dinner. I didn't I didn't catch that at all. So, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, like the dad slips a check into uh, Bill Murray's, yeah, Bill Murray's brother's pocket, like wow. as a thank you. And the, the priest like looks at him like, "What?" <laughs> really? Awesome. Pays and him off. I catch that. I didn't catch that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they go off. They're married. Everybody starts to go home. Sam Molly Ringwald rushes out to say goodbye to her sister, but she's already left. And then such a brilliant staging of a movie scene. You see, like the limo's gone. There's like a guy standing in front of another limo or like a cab or something. And he gets in that car and it goes. And as these cars like disappear, you see Jake standing there in front of the car. And it's such a good stage scene. Like the scenery disappear and then like the reveal yeah. of Jake. Don't they kind of it's do an- something like that in uh, yeah. Ferris Bueller when uh, Ferris goes to pick up Sloan from the high school? Isn't there like a car that drives by and it's like Ferris Bueller standing on the... Oh, I don't know. It doesn't sound far-fetched. The though. trench coat and the glasses or whatever, or the hat. Yeah. The, I feel like they do something similar where it's like, he's like, I wonder where, where he is, and the car drives by, and then... Uh, and then uh, I think uh, it's very possible it's the exact same scene. Um, but yeah, and like an awesome thing, like just like this this interaction, like the song is perfect for the scene. I think it's awesome. And yeah. then like the whole like Molly Ringwald being like, are you look, are you here for me? And he like whispers like, yeah, you like, it's an awesome scene. I'm not the first person to ever like praise this, but um, he approaches her. Um, and this is like the first conversation they've had in this movie together. And she's like, Hey, I don't have to go to the reception. And he's like, cool. So they go off and do their own thing. And like, even the interaction right here between Sam and her dad, because her yeah. dad's like, she's yeah, like, I like him. This, a lot. this. Yeah. It's so yeah. like um, wholesome. I guess like the yeah. one you used earlier, Hanto. Well, and um, like, yeah, because I want to bring this up because we haven't talked about Molly Ringwald yet, but uh, like, what's so great about this movie is her character is so average. Yeah, like she literally does not fit into any kind of like grouping or classing like or, whatever. or yeah. anything, and like they make her so average. And I think that's what's so awesome about this movie. Yeah, like instead of making her the geek that's going after the jock or like the pretty girl that's going after the geek. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they don't try to like, they don't try to, uh, and there's uh, no like, her in any way. there's like no, uh, like antagonistic moments towards Molly Ringwald. It's just her just going from point yeah. A to point B to point C. Yeah. Just, yeah. That's good. Like, it. yeah. You know, there's no like bad mean girl click. It's like, get out of here, loser. You know, it's just, yeah. Oh yeah. There's times when she's walking in the hallway and she says hi to people off camera. Yeah. It happens twice. She says that she says hi to a cheerleader. Yeah, yeah a cheerleader runs yeah. by and she's kind of like, "Hey, like, so yeah, yeah." And no... then they, yeah, and then uh, Jamie Gertz and her friend are walking down and like they when they're leaving the dance and they say hi to her and yeah. she's like crying oh, really? and she says hi back. But yeah, it's just kind of like yeah. they don't make her like super sociable or whatever. Like she's very average, and I think yeah. that's what's great about her character in this movie. I totally agree. And all this movie, uh, at the end, everything pays off, and she has cake with Jake on a table. Um, <laughs> that is not a Dr. Seuss book, but uh, yeah, she ends up, uh, she ends up having uh, the birthday cake when she gets the wish she always wanted, and yeah, it ends with a chef's kiss. So that is for what you wish for, and it turns out to be a Wishmaster movie the entire time. That's after the credits, it's, but yeah, yeah, he's actually um, made of cake. Ah, like I want Jake with cake. Jake with and then cake. It's actually Jake, Jake. Jake the cake. He's made of cake, like ah, ah! <laughs> mannequin. <laughs> Speaking of, dude, that's another movie I'm surprised we haven't done. We actually need to do an Andrew McCarthy month. I would do it. 
<laughs> wow. We could do what? Weekend at Bernie's? Mannequin? Weekend at Bernie's. Class? Or was it class? class? Um, yeah. I could keep going. That episode, um, of anyway. Monk, that episode of Monk that he's in? Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, we'll do that. All right, so 16 Candles, I like 1984. I did too. Um, 16 Candles has 84 on Rotten Tomatoes. Matt, I'll start with you. What would you give it? 80. I okay. think there's parts of this movie that haven't aged well, but I think overall, I think it's a it's it's still a really solid movie. If we're looking at teen 80s movies and like we're gonna like a one and a ten, I would say like Breakfast Club's like a ten. 16 okay. Candles about like an eight, right? Yeah. At an 80. Yeah, yeah. 80 percent. And then, like, number one, like, at a one spot would probably be, like, Hamburger, the movie. You know? <laughs> Porky, where's Porky's? Where's Porky's? No, number Ooh, one Porky's. Spot? Ooh, you want to talk about a movie that hasn't aged well at all. Yeah, where, like, where's Porky's land on this this uh, scale that you got going on? Uh, maybe, like, a two or, like, a two or a three. That's still better than Hamburger, right? Yeah, don't, Hamburger's garbage. It is straight garbage movie. I've never seen like, it. <laughs> you want to talk about like racially inappropriate? Watch hamburger okay. movie. Okay. Me and Chris I watched w- about half of it and got and before we were done watching, we're yeah, like, you we're done. ate half of the hamburgers. Like, nope, no, thank you. Yes, yeah, we ate Dude. half of it. We're like, it's overcooked. Yeah. I want a sound clip of Matt going, "Hamburger is garbage." That's all I want is just saying, "Yeah, hamburger is garbage." I don't yeah. usually say that because I think it's a really mean critique of a movie. But I think that movie deserves it because it's very like mean spirited about certain like right uh, racial groups. Okay, I understand. And that that's why we turned it off. We're like, we can't do this anymore. Yeah, I you should take it's that also sound- not funny. You should take that sound clip of Matt saying that and said as your ringtone. So every time he calls, it's like hamburger is garbage. Oh, Matt's calling. Let me go get my phone real quick. <laughs> Matt's. Right. Uh, I'll say food, probably food probably reviews. probably eighty yeah, percent as well. I think it's like. Like Matt said, it's like, I mean, it's of the time. Uh, there's some problematic moments uh, in the movie, but I think it's a totally good uh, teen 80s coming of age movie. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll throw an 84. I'll stick with what they gave it. I think 84 is pretty accurate. I mean, if Breakfast Club is a 90, um, I think this is an 84. I don't okay. like other than the problematic you know, moments we said, um, the character development's great. Um, like yeah. Matt said, I, I totally agree with the uh, background character stuff. Like, there's so much to look at. The story is a very um, developing story. I'm interested in these characters, whether it's Long Duck Dong or Sam or Jake or Farmer Ted. Like, I'm interested in where they're going. I think it's huge, a really yeah huge yeah. positive of this movie is that you get a lot of character development in a short period of time, and it cruises by. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, for an hour and a half, which is already short. Yeah, it this flies. movie is yeah. Yeah, nobody's flat in this movie. Yeah. Like there's no flat characters in this movie. Go yeah. ahead, Hanta. And, what were you gonna say? No, I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> okay. But talk about an awesome directorial debut. Um yeah, very it's crazy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So but that's 16 candles, 1984. Kayla, thank you so much for the request. We do yeah, appreciate thank you. it. Thank you. Um to ki- continue listener request month. We have a request from Marshall, who wants us to watch the movie Snatch, directed by why can't I think? Guy Ritchie. Guy Ritchie. Right? Yeah. Um, I've watched half of this and turned it off, so I have. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but that was like 15 this, years ago. This used to be on constant rotation, like my sophomore year in high school, or whatever. Really? Yeah. yeah. I've seen this okay. a bunch, but it's like one of those movies I've seen so many times, like 
for some reason I can't remember certain aspects of it. Really? really? So, I've okay. only seen it one time and I can't remember it. All right. So we're going to be doing Snatch <laughs> from, be, when is that, the early 2000s? It, I think it is actually 2000. Is it? And okay. it's Jason Statham in one of his first roles and he's not fighting people, so. Oh, yeah, nice. yeah. Nice. Okay. So yeah, join us when we talk about the movie Snatch from 2000. Uh, if you have any requests, we're trying to at least do one a month. Uh, this month was just for listener requests in general, yeah. but uh, we'll try to announce like the topic ahead and then you could try to give us a request for that month in uh, particular. Um, but if you do have any requests, you can hit us up on Facebook or you can email us at then we'll call podcast at gmail.com. And as always, we really appreciate you uh, listening. We love doing it. We hope you love listening to it. I'm Chris. I'm Matt. And I'm Honto. And we'll see you next time.